You're listening to another life-transforming message from C3 Church, Salt Lake City. For more information on our church, go to c3saltlakecity.com. All right, why don't you punch your neighbor? Take a seat. Don't get too comfortable, though. These seats are very comfortable. Stay on the edge. Man, I feel like we could just stay in this, Pastor Vince. It's very, very... Very powerful. Thank you, worship team. Why don't we give it up for the worship team? I'm telling you, some of the best worship I've heard. And um, I was here about 11 months ago, and man, oh, man. I thought it was, I remember going back home saying the worship in Salt Lake City is amazing, but that's like at a brand new level. So well done. Well done, team. Well done, Vince and Becca. And I want to honor your pastors, Pastor Vince and Pastor Becca, uh, this morning. They're just good people. You can't, like, hang around them and be like, man, I don't like them. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you don't like them, you're weird, you know? Um, you guys are amazing people, and what you're doing here is awesome. We're so, we're so glad that you're part of the team of C3. And uh, I just, uh, hearing you speak, Vince, this morning, like, you, you, something something's shifted in you even since I've heard you last. And uh, I'm excited to see what God does for you and you two together, uh, Becca. I know that um, you don't like to lose, <laughs> so we're going to win in Salt Lake City. Just, j- you're going to will us to win in Salt Lake City, and uh, so it's just great to be here, great to be friends with you guys, and cheering you on from San Diego. Um, uh, looking forward to hanging out in January, too. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Um, but hey, we're in a new series called Jesus is King. Jesus is King, and you may, you may recognize that title. Any Kanye fans in the building? Wow, okay, let's go. Kanye has invaded Salt Lake City. So Kanye West is, uh, whether you like him or don't like him, I now like him because he wrote this album. Um, I became a big fan, and Kanye West is shifting culture right now. He's giving people the ability to think for themselves. And uh, you may say, well, Kanye's, you know, his, his life isn't congruent with the word of God or the will of God. Well, hey, we're all on a journey, right? We're all on a journey, and God is taking him somewhere. God is changing a generation, and we should be cheering for him. We should be praying for him. We should be buying his album and, uh, and posting it on our Instagrams and on our Facebooks and say, Jesus is king, because he's doing something to an entire culture. It's amazing what's happening, what one man can do. That's why we need people in the marketplace to be lifted up in their gift, lifted up in their gift. We need people of high moral value, Christians in high places in society so we can shift things. Justin Bieber just told 89 million people that Jesus is king. Come on, God is doing something. God is doing something in our culture. You know, all we hear is the other stuff, but God is doing something, and he's going to the top of of the food chain, the entertainment world, which is probably the most influential world um, that we have. So Jesus is king. That That is our series. And so I'm going to preach about that. And I love Christmas time. I love Christmas time because uh, whether they know it or not, malls all throughout the world are glorifying God, singing the Christmas carols. You know, you walk into the malls and there's just this spirit around. It's because as we draw near to him, he draws near to us. And there's this, there's this feeling around Christmas time. And it's just a, it's a good feeling unless you're on the freeway or, you know, in a parking lot or something like that. But it's usually a good feeling. And I love this time. I, I love just reading the scriptures about Jesus' birth. It makes me feel like I was a kid again. You know, I remember hearing all the scriptures. And so I basically put this message together just so I could read those scriptures. 
<laughs> so I want to start in Isaiah 9, 6 to 7. This was a, a prophetic word from Isaiah 700 years before Jesus was born. It says, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Isn't it amazing that God sent Jesus unto us? We think that, we think that God sent Jesus to save the world, and yes, he did do that. But he also sent Jesus to save you, unto you, personally. He wants to be a personal relationship with you. He sent Jesus unto us. And the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful. God is a wonderful God. He's a good God. He's not a mean God. He's not looking down from heaven going, I want to get these people in trouble. I'm waiting for them to sin. He's not doing that. He's wonderful. He's full of wonder. We should look at God and be full of wonder. I look at the mountains in Salt Lake City, and I'm full of wonder. I'm like, God, you created this. This is unbelievable. He is full of wonder. He's a counselor. You can go to him in time of need. He can speak to you through this word, through other people. He's a mighty God. That word mighty means powerful, warrior, champion, giant, valiant, and strong. And that same might is on the inside of you. The DNA of God is on the inside of you. Do you know that? You were created in his image and in his likeness. You were created like him, kind of. His DNA is in you. Everlasting father. He's a father. Whenever I want to think about what would Jesus do, I think about what would I do as a father to my kids. He's the prince of peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. That was prophesied 700 years before the birth of Christ. Then we come to Luke 1, 31 to 33, and like Pastor Vince was saying, an angel comes to Mary, who made a great decision of life, right? It says, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and she, he, he shall call his name Jesus. There's not a more beautiful name in the world than Jesus. He will be great because he's a king. And he will be called the son of the highest because he's a king. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David because he's a king. And he will reign because he's a king over the house of Jacob forever. And of, the, and of his kingdom there will be no end. He is a king. Did you know that this angel came to Mary and she hadn't done anything yet? She didn't invent anything. She didn't invent skinny jeans. She didn't invent MySpace. All the young people are like, what the heck is MySpace? Instagram. She didn't do anything. The angel just comes and said, you found favor with the Lord. God just wants to pour out favor on you. Will you do anything or not? Why? Because you're his kid. You're his child. Matthew 1, 20, 23, Joseph, her husband's kind of freaking out because she's pregnant, yet they haven't come together yet. They haven't been intimate yet. So it says, but while he thought about these things, Joseph did, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. It's supernatural. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Did you know that word save isn't just save? Did you know Jesus didn't die on a cross just so you can go to heaven? That word save means saved, it means healed, it means delivered, and it means prospered. That means saved, it means healed, it means delivered, it means prospered. So if you're not living in that zone, then you're out of the will of God, but say we're going to get you back in. 
We're going to get you back in. Saved, healed, delivered, and prospered is the will of God for your life. That's what he paid for on the cross. And that's what you have access to. That's what you have a right to. You have a right to that. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. I love these scriptures. Matthew 2, 1 to 2, Jesus is born, and now it says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star, we have seen his star in the east, and have come to worship him. The title of my message this morning is, A Star is Born. A star is born. Jesus is king. He is the ruler of the kingdom. He is the creator of all things. The Bible says in John 1 that nothing was created except through him. Except through him. And the creator of something is, always has authority over his creation. So because Jesus created everything, he has authority over everything. He can choose to give some of that away. But he, because he is the creator, he has authority over his creation. So Jesus is born a king. He's born a king. Uh, the story of his birth was prophesied by Isaiah 700 years before. He was born supernaturally. He came into the world as the king of the world. He, he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Yet, even Jesus needed a star to point that he was here, that he was born, that the king has arrived. He needed these wise men to see a star to see something to confirm that the Messiah, the one that they prophesied about, was here. He needed an announcement. He needed an introduction. He needed a star. And it's no, it's no coincidence that, that, that a star is a light, a bright light, because it was prophesying that Jesus is a light, that Jesus is a light. But it was, it was an introduction that the, the wise men would see the star and that they would come to worship him. My daughter uh, used to love to be announced. I think I have a photo of my family. Do I have a photo of my family? It's kind of a bad photo. There she is. That was at the beach. It's beautiful sometimes in San Diego, too. But that's my little seven-year-old daughter and my two boys and my wife. My wife, everyone likes more than me, so she'll be here probably at some point. She's the, she's the cool one. But, um, but my daughter, when she was like two, three, four, five, she's seven now, she used to like to be announced. I used to always announce her. So I'd be in, like, our room, and my wife's, like, doing her hair. And then uh, she'd get her all dressed or whatever, and then I'd be, you know, like in the, in the living room because I'd see she's getting ready. And as I, as I heard her coming, I would begin to announce her. I would begin to introduce her. I'd say something like, ladies and gentlemen, about to walk down the hall, she's a blonde bombshell. She loves to dance. She can sing. She can draw. She can paint. She's an artist. She enjoys pasta and quesadillas. She likes to play in the sand, and she loves family nights on Friday night. She hails from San Diego, California. She stands a, a, a tall four feet, four inches, and she's a lean and mean 51 pounds. Would you please welcome to the family room Henley Therese Heinrichs, and she would walk down the hall. She pops the knee. We didn't teach her that. She just does it. She pops the knee and she does her thing and she walks in. And it's amazing, as you announce her, as she walks down the thing, she's smiling, she's happy as can be. Everybody in the room, my friends, my family, my wife, whatever, my, my, my sons, everybody's anticipating her entrance. 
Everybody has an expectation for her. I, I set her up for success. When, when, when she comes in, she is set up for success. People have an expectation about who she is, about what she is. It's kind of like that star. It's kind of like that star giving, giving the wise men an, an introduction, an announcement, an expectation of who Jesus really is. It's an introduction. A child was born, but a star needed to be born to tell people that the child was born. It was his star. And it's not a coincidence, as I said, that it's a bright light because Jesus is the light of the world. Let me put it to you that you and I are that star. We are that introduction. We are that announcement to show people who Jesus is. You are a light. Do you know the Bible says you are the light of the world? Jesus was the light, but then he passed the baton to you and me. He says, you are the light of the world. Let your light so shine amongst men that they may see your good works and glorify you. No, no, glorify your Father in heaven. Does your life set up Jesus to be successful? Does your life introduce Jesus as the Messiah? Does your life draw people to him, or does it draw people to you? Are we using the gift that he has given us to get people to worship us? Or are we using that gift that he has given us so that people can see us so that they can worship him? Does your life give him a bad name, or does your life give him a good name? Because your life is a sign that should point to him. It's a sign that should point to Jesus, it is a testimony. Your life is a testimony that is evidence of him. That's why God has no problem elevating Kanye West because he's elevating Jesus. If you are willing to use the gift that God has given you to point people to him so that people look at you and worship him, he has no problem elevating you. You know what Jesus said? Glorify your son so that I can glorify you. God has no problem making you great. He has no problem making you great as long as he knows you're willing to make him great. Him great. Your life is a testimony. It should point to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we were talking about testimonies over Thanksgiving. We were talking about, you know, you go around the table and you're like, hey, what are you thankful for? What are you thankful for? What are you thankful for? We're doing all that. And my wife said that, uh, that my son came to her and said, Hey, everybody that speaks in junior high, like in our, in our alliance, we have a, like a junior high class in church. Everybody that comes and speaks at the junior high has this like radical testimony about how God brought them from addiction to freedom or from sickness to healing or from the depths of darkness into the light, maybe from divorce to newly married and, and, and blessed and living a great life. So my son was wondering, he's like, I, I don't really have a testimony. My life's pretty normal. He lives in a, in a home where his, his, his parents are together. They love each other and they love him. He lives in a house of prosperity like he doesn't go without clothes or food or, or whatever. We get to do fun stuff. And so he's wondering, I don't, Dad, I don't have a testimony. I don't have anything to share. And we were talking about how radical that is. Look around us. Most people don't get to grow up in an environment like that. And if he chooses, he can have a testimony of blessing in his life. It's radical. It's radical. We all have a testimony. We all have something to point to Jesus with. 
He's done something in our lives. He's done something that we can that we can point to. But maybe there are people here and you don't think that you have a testimony. You need to have a testimony. You need to know what your testimony is because the Bible says in Revelations 12, 11, and they overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Not the thought of it, but the word of it. You got to say it. You got to activate it. You got to show it. You got to let people know, what did Jesus do in my life? And they did not love their lives to the death. Your testimony is powerful, but maybe you're just coming into Christianity. Maybe you don't get it yet. Maybe you're still, uh, I don't know. Well, let me give you some good news today. The Bible says in Psalm 119, 111, that your testimonies, this is the psalmist talking about the testimonies of God that he has seen or heard about, I have taken as a heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. In other words, the psalmist is looking back and he's seeing what Jesus or what God did with Moses, what God did with Noah, with Abraham, all the battles that they shouldn't have won that they won. And he's looking back maybe at what David did and he's saying, man, I'm taking those testimonies as an inheritance for me forever so that I can have a testimony that I can share with somebody. When I was in commercial real estate, when I first got into it, it was my first job after playing baseball. I played professional baseball for a few years. It was my first job, and if you call, unless you call baseball a job, then it was my second job. <laughs> but it was my first job, and so I'm living at my parents' house making $1,000 a month. And I'm dealing with millionaires who own tens of millions of dollars worth of retail, shopping centers, and, and properties like that. And I'm like, I didn't have a testimony. I, didn't, I, I couldn't go to them and say, well, the last deal I did, because I haven't done any deals. But what I did have was the Monday morning meeting where all the agents would get together in the office and they would share their testimony of how they got that deal done, how they overcame that objection, how they got financing for that property. And so I would take those testimonies into my meetings and I would say, this is how we deal with this. This is how we overcome that. This is the lender that we use to get financing on a property like this. I would take their testimonies and adopt them to my life and I would share with them. So you know what? I started selling properties that were worth millions of dollars and I didn't own anything. But then I started selling them, then I started owning stuff. But I, I borrowed their testimony. You have a testimony. You have a testimony. Sandra was sharing a testimony. Steal that one. Steal that one. God can do it for you too. You have a testimony. Your testimony you have is so that you can transform or help transform somebody else's life. That's why you have a testimony. The reason David was confident to fight Goliath is because he had a testimony. He killed a lion and a bear. That was him. He's like, oh, this uncircumcised Philistine, I'm going to take your head off. I already did that to a lion and a bear. Let me at him. And the Bible says he ran to the valley, chopped off his head with his sword. Amazing. It's because of your testimony. Revelation 19.10. I said all that to get to this part. Revelation 19.10, the back side of the verse. It says this. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Prophecy is a positive declaration about what's to come. It's a prediction about what's to come. Prophecy is also something that you can, you can declare 
into an environment, it can change an environment. The Bible says to speak to those things that aren't as though they are. So you may not be feeling good, but you can say, I am healed in Jesus' name. You may feel like you're in lack, but you can say, I am blessed in Jesus. You, you can speak a thing. You can prophesy something. You can positively predict the future, and that's what prophecy is. You can literally change something. If you don't speak the word that God has given you, the word that God has given you may not come to pass. That's why if God gives you a word for somebody, you better tell them. That, that may be their breakthrough. We can't be timid and shy. You got to tell them. Tell them. That's what prophecy is. Testimony, because remember the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Testimony is evidence or a witness to something that has happened. That has happened. So a prophecy is a declaration of a positive thing that's to come, a prediction. A testimony is a, is a, a story about something that has happened. It's evidence of something that has happened. But the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So a testimony isn't meant to just be a memory about what has happened in the past, but a prediction about what's about to happen right now. That's what a testimony is. It carries, it carries, and it impregnates environments with the power to do it again. The reason we do communion, the reason we remember what Jesus did, is not so we can go, Jesus is amazing. I can't believe how he got out of the grave. That was so cute. We don't remember it because of that. We remember it because it carries a spirit of prophecy. It carries the power to do it again. It carries the power to save you, to set you free, to heal you, to pro prosper you. That's why we remember, because it carries something. It, it injects it into an environment. When you share your testimony, it impregnates the environment and the atmosphere with the power for God to do it again. Did you know this? The word testimony in the Bible comes from the root word that means God, do it again. Do it again. Do it again. If you can do it for them, you can do it for me. You may not know my testimony, but I was healed of kidney failure. That's why I am passionate about the power of God because it changed everything for me. I've shared my testimony all around the world. And because I've shared my testimony, I don't share it just so people can go, oh, that's amazing, John, that you're healed, but I'm just going to sit here and stay sick. I share my testimony because it carries the spirit of prophecy, a prediction that if God can do it for me, God can do it for you. I have people all over the world that have been healed of kidney and liver function. Why? Because I shared my testimony. And my testimony is screaming, God, do it again. Do it again. When I tell people that I prayed for a woman who had breast cancer and she got healed. When I prayed for a woman who had skin cancer and she got healed. When I prayed for a five-year-old boy who had cancer and he got healed. I don't say it so that you can clap for it. I say it so that you can see the star and you can glorify him and you can understand that if God did it for that five-year-old kid, he can do it for me. There was a woman that came up to me and she, she came up to me and she said, she didn't even want to come. Her sister, her twin sister brought her up to the altar. This is a year ago, literally almost a year ago today. Sister brings her up and she says, you know what? 
I have a family, I'm married, and I can't get life insurance because I have a blood disorder. My blood platelets are off. So every time I go to get tested, they don't insure me because of my blood. So I need life insurance. I have kids. I have, I have a husband. So her, 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 her sister brings her up to the altar. And I had talked about healing. And so she come, I, I shared a testimony. She comes up, and we pray for her. I couldn't see her blood being fixed in front of me. But two weeks later, I get a Facebook message. She says, John, you're not going to believe this, but I went to get tested for life insurance. And the company that I got tested with said that my blood is perfect, and now I'm insured. After eight years, coincidentally, I now am insured for life insurance. I saw her about a month ago. She said her blood's still perfect. And she has life insurance. I don't say that so that you can go, what a cute story. I say it because there is a spirit behind it that says if you can do it for her, he can do it for you. When I tell people about how we got our house, how the first lender we went to said we could afford this, but then we ended up buying a house $150,000 more than what the first lender said. The house was in escrow with somebody else at full price. So what did we do? I took my two boys at the open house, and we went upstairs in the, in the, in the master bedroom, and we began, began to prophesy, this is our house, in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that this is our house. Everywhere my, the sole of my foot shall tread, you have given me. And so we stood up there, and we prophesied. That house went under contract a couple of days later. So you know what I did? I cursed the contract. I said, God, I pray in the name of Jesus that contract would fall apart, that you would take the, the, the heart of the buyers and make them fall in love with another house that's better for them because this is my house. This is my house. God, you told me this is my house. Lo and behold, it falls out of escrow. Lo and behold, we're un, in escrow at $50,000 lower than the previous person was in escrow for. Lo and behold, the agent didn't even take it back on, out on the market because the sellers wanted to sell it to us. I say that because if God can do it for me, he can do it for you. What are you believing for? Don't let anything hold you back. Take somebody else's testimony and apply it to your life. Borrow it for whatever situation that you're in. God gave me a word of knowledge of this girl. And she's, he said, there's somebody here who has one leg shorter than the other. So I never heard, so I call, I, I, is there anybody here? With a, this lady in the back goes like this. I wasn't going to come forward unless you said that specific thing. She comes forward. We get a chair. 150 people easily from here to there watching as her leg grew right in front of everybody. An inch. If God can do it for her, he can do it for you. There's a guy named Morgan in our church. He had been struggling with sciatic pain for 18 months. He was taking the strongest drugs he could find that were legal to alleviate the pain. He had spent over $100,000 with doctors, with scans, with, with, with different uh, inspections and everything else. On his, nobody could find out what was wrong with him. He was going to chiropractors, um, you know, acupuncturists, you name it. 18 months, excruciating pain, been prayed for 100 times. Comes to one of our services. He didn't even want me to pray for him. He didn't think I had any power. He says this in his book. He didn't like how I preached. He didn't like me. But I was the next person in line to pray for him, so he came over. And on the way over, God said, you don't think I can use him to heal you? Pray for him. 
20-second prayer. And then I see him on the ground doing all these weird stretches, like yoga thing. I don't know what he was doing. I'm like, this guy's kind of strange. But then he gets up, and I find out his story. I didn't know him at the time. 18 months, excruciating pain. But in a moment, sciatic pain. See ya. Just like that. God, do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Prayed for a guy who had diabetes. 20-second prayer. He's injecting himself seven times a day. Healed just like that. Blood coming back into alignment. No more insulin. No more insulin. Prayed for this guy who had schizophrenia. He's hearing voices. We prayed for him. I said, what happened? He said, I heard two voices say, I have to leave. Bye. Two voices. How cool is that? I was like, come on. You gots to go. I'm almost done. This girl crashes in a ski accident. Thought that would be appropriate here. Her, her hands are like, she can't move her hands. She sprained all of her hands and her fingers and everything. She says, you can't pray for me. I'm like, sure. So I pray for her. I grab her hands. Her hands turn ice cold. Crazy. Normally I feel heat. She felt cold. Ice cold. Ten seconds later, she's like, oh, my gosh. My hands are healed. I can move my hands. I can move my hands. It was a crazy, it was a crazy miracle. Her hands got ice, ice cold. It was amazing. There's been one after the other, one after the other, one after the other, one after the other. Praying for breakthrough, unexpected checks coming in, deals closing in a week that usually take eight weeks. Stuff happens when you share testimony because the testimony carries the spirit of prophecy, a prediction about what happened then can happen now. That's why your testimony is powerful. That's why your testimony is powerful. Can everyone close their eyes and bow their heads? There might be some people here this morning. And I got to end the service. I'm a little bit over time. But there might be some people here. And you've never accepted Jesus into your life. You've never said, Lord, come into my life. Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. Maybe you didn't know that he can transform your life. Maybe you didn't know that he's more than just a God that is far away, but he's a God that is very, very close. But today you're saying, you know what, I want to follow that God. This Christmas season, before 2020, I want to follow this God. I want to get my life right. Maybe there's some people here and maybe you've given your life to Christ in the past, but today you feel far away. You've, you've, you've kind of separated from him because life gets busy or, or, or whatever. But today you're saying, you know what, I want to rededicate my life to him today. I want to start a brand new testimony. If you're one of those two people with every eye closed and head bowed, can you just lift your hand right where you are so I can pray for you? Is there anybody like that? God bless you in the back. I see those three hands in the back. Thank you. Fourth hands, fifth hands. Thank you. Thank you. I see those hands up in the, up in the back right. I see those three hands. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anybody else right here in the front? Thank you. I see that hand. Amazing. Amazing. If you lifted your hand, can you lift it one more time just so I can see it? Thank you. Thank you. God bless you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Incredible. 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 Pastor Vince, I don't know if you guys normally do this, but I'd love to invite those people forward. Can I do that? There was maybe eight of you that lifted your hand. I don't want to embarrass you. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. So would you do me the honor? of getting out of your seat and coming down. You can bring your friend or your family member or whatever. Would you do me the honor of allowing me to pray for you this morning? Let's all stand to our feet. We're all going to clap and cheer for you. They're gonna, people are going to get out of their way so that you can come down. 
Would you guys come down? Thank you. Sir, would you come? In the back and over here, would you come? Amen. Amen. I'm not sure if this is everybody, if we're still waiting for somebody. But I think we need to clap for these people for, for taking that step. We always say that God can touch you in your seat, but the altar is where God alters things. Sir, let me shake your hand. The danger of staying in your seat is that you stay in your seat, that you stay where you are. But coming up here is a step of faith step of faith. So let me just pray a prayer. I want all of you to repeat after me. The whole building. Can you guys all do it? Let's all repeat after me, especially you guys, and especially say it out loud. And just say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus Christ to die on a cross for my sins so that I can be saved, so that I could be healed, so that I could be delivered, so that I could be prospered. Lord Jesus, today, I invite you into my life, and I repent from my sins, and I declare today that heaven is my home, and that God is my Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, one more time. Why don't we clap? Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 Salt Lake City, go to C3SaltLakeCity.com.